Hey everybody, broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep in the Milky Way galaxy, you're watching Broadcast from the Dispatch. Hey everybody, again, What's welcome to Broadcast from the Dispatch. How are you doing tonight, Tier? Doing all right, Britt. How about you? Doing well. So just for everybody out there, this is a weekly live show filled with a panel of indie comic creators. This week, our theme is Werewolf Night. Um, mm -hmm. And we're also later streamed as a podcast. So hello, podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> my name is Brett. I'm with Indie Comics Dispatch. Joining me this night and every night to our Galactic Quest to read all indie comics is done is Tier Jackson, creator, uh, principal, lead dude at Sovereign Comics. I'm a creator, Sovereign Comics, yo. See, yeah. so tonight I didn't shave since it's Werewolf Night. I figured it was perfect. Uh -huh. I didn't <laughs> shave either. <laughs> <laughs> never shave you never shave okay. i never shave <laughs> so tier i've been waiting to ask you this mm -hmm. um did you know why i picked tonight to be werewolf night is it a full moon i'm guessing it's a full moon it's close to a full moon so full halloween moon. this year is going to be a full moon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's perfect it's perfect it is perfect um, also want to mention at the top of the show that today's the last day to post pictures in the indie costume challenge that we have mm -hmm. going on. Um, Tier is just wiping the floor right now with other creators. Um, and that I think he's paying people off or something. He has so no. many entries, no. so many entries, um, no, the best awesome characters and awesome, awesome supporters. And you're all are like, I'm saying alive. On, on Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All of you. I've done awesome. Like I don't even know who I'm gonna. I don't even like. I know who I'm gonna pick because I talked to like my, my um, you know, MG and SJ, and I talked to them like, hey, how can I do this? And they gave me an idea because I was looking. I was like, I'm just gonna take everybody to the next level, like, because <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Paul Richards of Black Moss Comics just called you a liar on the Instagram chat. What? That's what's come on. Yeah, me and him right now. We have that little friendly beef going on. Yeah, you know, he just had like one person, like uh, the person who uh, did Kaiti for me. I think mm -hmm. she just did like three or four characters. For him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so been a lot going he, on. He has the cosplayers in the basement. Oh, he and Dark Dove eighty two actually said that um, on Instagram said that Halloween's going to be a blue super moon. Oh, that means portals are opening. Yeah, that's what that means. I hope you well, all have your ecto packs ready. <laughs> Speaking of portals, you ready to introduce tonight's guests? Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, I'm going to start with uh, Greg Moquin. He is one half of Sierra Nova. Moquin, damn it, Greg, I'm so sorry. I even practiced it beforehand. Um, he is one half of Seer Nova Comics. He's the writer and creator of the Seer Chronicles series, as well as other solo series uh, comics, such as Ink Scales, which will be releasing soon and many more. Seer Nova also has a free subscription-based digital indie comic platform, which is really cool. Um, with not only their comics, but other unique comics from other indie creators all around the world. The platform started collaborative projects with their first one being Chronicles of Horror, which is a 16-page horror anthology series that is live now on Kickstarter. Greg, welcome. What's up? Welcome, Greg. What's going on? Uh, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, 
So, Greg, tell us real quick about uh, Chronicles of Horror. Um, it's a four-story <laughs> anthology, horror anthology. It's like Creepshow. Um, it, I did not write any of this issue, but I'm writing the... I already wrote two stories for the next one. And uh, there's... Within the four stories, there's like a slasher type story that's called Broken Elevator. There's another one that's called um, Samantha, which is kind of like voodoo. There's another one that's... Um, I always forget. There, I know the, uh, another one is called Invasion, which that's the reason why I'm on here is because there's like a werewolf in that story. Oh, yeah. very awesome. Very cool. Very awesome. I forgot okay. the other one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's, it's probably, fine. yeah, oh, it's probably a good wow. story. See, see. It, it's, it's, the, it's the longest story. It's called Early Grave, and it's like a teenager kid that like just, he's a, uh, troublemaker that tries to sneak into a cemetery and then stuff happens. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So we're going to go on to the next guest, Brandon Gorski. Uh, he is an illustrator from Massachusetts and one of the founders of the shade publications. Uh, ITS is currently showcasing three titles, all drawn by Brandon. The feature being legends of lists, a fantasy comic about a young girl training to become a paladin. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Hey. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've just been doing some tweaking of some uh, pages to Legends. So mm -hmm. exciting to hear other folks bring it up because it's pretty fresh in my mind. So thank you. That's cool. That's cool. So <clears throat> tell us about the story that's, that brought you on, what we invited you on for. Yeah, so I think that uh, a big, I think a big part of the reason why I'm here is there's a character in Legends of Leith called Fenrir. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a wolf dude, is what I describe him as. He's uh, he's humanoid in his appearance, but mm -hmm. um, he's the result of an incantation by a woods witch that basically fused DNA from him and this hitchhiker together to become her makeshift husband. And he totally freaks. He takes off and leaves. Um, and he ends up finding the the main castle in my Legends book where he just basically trains uh, other paladins and fighters um, and becomes more of like a role model for my main character. Okay. There's a sister book to Legends of Eve that spins out for Fenrir's story. Mm -hmm. You have to read more of Legends to find out why he's, he's departed from the main title. Okay. Um, it is more of a, like a horror and like dark fantasy uh centric book um a lot of inspiration from mike mignola in the hellboy universe um if you read fenrir and escape from the deep you can see all sorts of little trinkets and objects that are referencing uh, mignola's work and, and just hellboy in general so i have a lot of fun working on that book that's really cool i just like the idea i just like the fact that you call him wolf dude, oh, right? yeah. <laughs> dude. we're gonna have to talk about that and see how you got to that name yeah <laughs> next up we have Dwayne robinson he is the creator behind animation comics and entertainment llc or ace for short he is he has the nightfall michael's awakening series which the art in is just fantastic Dwayne. um it's about a normal college quarterback finds out the truth about his family that he is part of a long line of werewolves Dwayne, welcome. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Not so much, hard. man. All right, it's good to hear it. So yeah, tell so us about we, tell us about uh, Michael's uh, Nightfall, Michael's Awakening. So it really just so how you started just piggyback off what you said. Yeah, it's about the main character. He's a normal college quarterback and finds out from his mother that he has a legacy line of werewolves within him, 
And uh, in first issue, we kind of wanted to really just explain and go through his normal life and then really fast forward that pace into the uh, later couple of the pages. And then from there on, it goes into deep dives, dives deep into uh, what exactly is a legacy line and what how it differs from other werewolves within the story. Very cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. And our next guest is Luis Cruz. Uh, he's a new science fiction writer who has written his first young adult science fiction novel, which has been recently published by Darkfire Press. Um, the Day That They Made Contact is the name of that book. I have not read it, but I have seen the art for it, and it looks amazing. So mm -hmm. that is one thing that I'm going to have to pick up. Uh, he is also the publisher of Cruising Comics and the creator and writer of Jennifer the She-Wolf, which is why he's on the show tonight, um, as well as a few other books. He is also physically disabled and writes, draws, and types with his mouth. So that is amazing. Yeah. Lewis. Welcome, so Lewis. How are you? Doing all right. So Jennifer the She-Wolf. Yeah. Give, give us a little spill on that. And Jennifer the She-Wolf is a, it's a character that I created that um, she was turned in 1922 into a werewolf against her will, leaves behind two kids to be raised by her aunt. She can never go back to them. The story jumps from that time to this time. She doesn't know that her daughter actually became a vampire against her will, had to wow. feed. The vampire never came back to teach her anything, had to feed off the brother and the aunt to survive. And in this time, she sees that Jennifer is friends with this guy in a wheelchair, because I always add people in wheelchairs to my stories. That's awesome. And um, basically, she becomes jealous. And once she finds out that's her mother, the question would be asked, why was you there for him, but you didn't come back for me? Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. So, I'm going to have to pick that up for real. <laughs> <laughs> So, gentlemen, um, werewolves, she wolves, lichens, and wolf dudes. Oh, yeah, my. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> What's the draw of a wolf man, like, or, or, or wolf woman? Like, why? Um, what do you think the draw is there? I mean, in, both in your books and just in, in general. You know, I, last week we had Horror Night, and um, I, somebody brought up Monster Squad from the 80s, I think it was, maybe early 90s movie. Great movie. I freaking loved that movie as a kid. And Wolfman was my favorite character in that movie. So what do you think the draw of wolf dudes are? I think uh, it has to be probably just being in October. You know, everybody likes the nightlife, you know, in different ways. So I think that could be one of the reasons. At least that's one of the reasons for me. You know, I'm more of a night guy myself. Okay. I like the one person at all. <laughs> I feel like it's the structure of of the figure itself. Like from from a drawing perspective, I like having to structure a face like around this snout and um, like the, the more like pointed, jagged features. I like how um, Fenrir stands in opposite to a lot of the figures around him, where they're they're more humanoid or they're elves, and he's he's just much bigger and he. You can also give him, uh, you know, these these characteristics of he's kind of aloof, but it totally works for the character and like his wild nature. Um, so for me, that's the appealing part. Nice, I like that. Yeah. Anybody else? Another thing for me, though, I would say is uh, I enjoy uh, how many different variations there are to the transformation. You know what I mean? I've seen many different movies 
where some actually eat their skin to transform or they rip it apart similar to mine um you know so i i enjoy that too you know the different variations that they have for the transformation i i i did jennifer the shiru because i got tired of superheroes <laughs> That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, got, I got tired of superheroes always, you know, saving the day. Why can't it be something supernatural to save the day? Yeah. 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 yeah I love that. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what? What? I was just saying, what about you? Like, you know, what's the draw for you as far as werewolves? Uh, I never really watched that much werewolf type stuff. I have watched uh, Silver Bullet. I like that one. Um, yeah. I just like Stephen King, so I, I just like the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I said my first memory of a of a Wolfman character. The first one I remember, and and remember not necessarily being completely scared of too, was the Wolfman from Monster Squad who gets kicked in the nads. Um, that's my clearest memory of that movie. Um, and so, uh, first memory of a of a Wolfman werewolf character. Other than the three little pigs. Yeah. Of course, for me, of course, it was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm the oldest one here. Uh, but like American Werewolf in Paris, American Werewolf in London, you know, all of those. Mm, yeah, so, the Howling. Yeah, the Howling. Yes, yeah. yes, most definitely the Howling. The howling. Uh, there was another one that Mario Van Peebles, was that the Howling? The one that Mario Van Peebles was in? That wasn't, I don't was think. It? I can't I think. think I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I can't think of the name. Actually, I'm going to look for it because I know he was in one that was really good too. Um, let me see where to find the name of that. Oh, y'all can keep going. I'm just gonna search for the name. I'll scream it out here in a bit. <laughs> guys, what about Twilight? Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm removing Dwayne from the feed. That was actually one of the reasons why uh, I decided to do Nightfall. You know, right. when I saw him turn into this giant chihuahua yeah. full of fur, I was like, no, 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 why are people like, I mean, I knew it was, you know, really, you know, our demographic, but, you know, mm -hmm. to me, I just was just like, so offended. I was like, this is not how real. He just turned into a mud. That's it. Yeah. 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 I, I wasn't with it. <laughs> and I found the title. It's called Full Eclipse. And what I liked about that is that they actually, they kind of treated the werewolves like a pack of, of, like the way vampires, you know how they always treated vampires, like they were this, uh, mm -hmm. almost like this assassin clique and stuff like that, but they did it with werewolves. And it was called Full Eclipse. That was another thing that kind of, you know, that came out in 93, so that was another one that kind of, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, werewolves can be done like that. They don't have to be these, you know, drooling monstrosities. They can be organized and, you know, and everything else, so. Well, Underworld series. Yeah, 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 they did. Very true, very true, very true. Some hard too. Very true. The Underworld series. As bad as I guess, like I don't know, the Underworld series is kind of bad, but it's it's the good kind of bad, you know. Like for me, it's to get some popcorn, pour some Sour Patch Kids. Am I the only one that does that? Popcorn and Sour Patch Kids. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the one that the guy from Wolverine did, the Van Helsing. Oh, oh yeah, that wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. The werewolf he turned into was badass. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that wasn't a bad um bad movie at all. It, it kind of got crapped on. I don't know why, but I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I think yeah. I think people were still seeing him as Wolverine, so they couldn't switch yeah. over to the ideal of him being another character. That's yeah. some of the horrible things when it comes to people playing those, I guess, iconic characters when they go to do something else. Everybody's like, "This sucks." 
Why does yeah. he have metal claws? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't yeah. watch it look too, the old yeah. turn, that, that was cool too. It yeah, like it was. A deep, deep black, and his eyes was gold. Mm-hmm. Character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Werewolf and Harry Potter. No, I'm just playing. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. Don't get mad at me, Potter fans. Potter fans. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the benefits and traps that, I mean, because there's so many werewolf characters. I mean, we just named a ton there. Um, what are some of the, the benefits, but yet some of the traps of writing for a character that maybe everybody feels they already know or knows um, their weakness or knows what the story arc is going to be? I mean, there's werewolves, there's wolf and um, it's a constantly evolving thing, but it's it's a well-known character. Yeah, it's very true. There's no, I think, uh, I think uh, for me, at least, you know, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to incorporate uh, more of an urban type story because a lot of times when you see wells and stories, they're kind of either, you know, dictated in the past or they're, you know, in the woods somewhere secluded. And uh, with my story, it's not, they're not really out secluded. They're really out in the open. But mm-hmm. although they, you know, the mother has a, a secret that she's been keeping from Michael, the main character, you know, uh, it's mainly because she just wanted him to have a choice in the matter of if he wanted to, this life that he actually can have. But, you know, um, there's a lot of things that goes on with on that story. But yeah, I think that's one of the things too that I wanted to do was make it more modern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Louis, you were about to say something a second ago. Yeah, what I I don't remember right now. Oh my god! No. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, I'm having a handicap moment. No, what what I like is that um, <laughs> like for me, it's it's you're, like in my story, I'm putting two things that don't go together, which is that there's always the myth that vampires and werewolves don't clash together, but these are daughter and mother, and they have to get along sooner or later. You know, the, the mother. Mother and child is a strong bond, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is that you are or anything. And that's what I want to build on. I like that. Mm-hmm. That has some some deep cuts right there and a lot yeah. of modern life things too. I see. Yeah. So yeah, family is always good to have. Yep. Yep. Even even though yep. one wants to kill you, it's always good. It's like real family. We always fight. We always fight, then we have a barbecue. Like exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then we fight at the barbecue. <laughs> I wish I could say the same in my story, but the, the family is very kind of divided in in mm-hmm. many ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, family is very important. But I think uh, the good part of it though is that you know he does have his mother and he has uh, his sister who is actually a witch. Um, but he doesn't find that out until uh, the end of the issue of issue one. Um, and then, like I said, in issue two is really just kind of explaining who these characters really were, you know, and how he thought they were and who they really are, along with uh, introducing a few more characters um, in issue two. But uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, family is a really good thing to have in stories like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can have that supernatural taste and then you can add a little family into it to get recipe. Yeah, it really is. Helps to build the story. Exactly. Yeah. But like playing off of that question too, like as far as like, you know, writing werewolves and you all have either a werewolf in your story. I know I have um wares, I, I just call them because I have different ones, but where hyenas, werewolves, where lions, everything in the sovereign Farmers universe. But like the tropes, you know, like the uh, silver bullet and transformation of, of full moon and stuff like that. Like, do you 
apply that or do you change things your own way? Like, for instance, the transformation, is that something that they can do on their own whenever they want to? You're like, how do you uh, go about that in your stories? Mine, mine will be told that she learned to turn to change at any time, but it took her, I mean, it's 80 years apart from when she first got mm -hmm. turned into to today's time. Mm -hmm. So she has learned how to do that and it will be told during the, the issues. Okay. You know, but yeah, she will control it. Like Very right awesome. now, she can either just arms or just the whole body right now. I showed. Oh wow! Oh, that's cool. So she can change appendages. That's that's actually really wow. cool. that's really pretty cool. Yeah. She can change one arm. Like the cover has only one. Yeah, one arm turned into a wolf. That's right. That's right. I've seen your cover. I do remember that. Yeah. That's cool. So Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't isn't Finier a wolf dude because he doesn't change? Right. Yeah, Finier is more of the result of of a like a, a spell like an incantation like he didn't really have a say he was the wolf to start um so he becomes sort of this amalgam character of like where human meets wolf but he's still you know is, is a, a wolf at heart and more lighthearted. he doesn't really react to you know like silver weapons or a full moon or, or anything like that he's he's pretty much just like a standard fighter like he's heavily based on um like D, &D campaigns that i was doing uh, before i started legends um, so I kind of rolled in um, different characters that I built um, from that time playing D&D &D and just kind of carried it over. But I, I, I think now that I've put Fenrir in a different world, um, it does it does cause me to, to look for more weaknesses he may have um, in terms of like uh, elements to like magic and things like that. For now, he's in a completely different dimension than the standard, you know, Legends title gives. Mm -hmm. um, Dark Dove eighty two on um, on Instagram says, "Does anybody have a were dragon? Read a novel with them, and it was awesome." Personally, I have something. Well, not a were dragon, but I do have a were chimera. With okay, yeah, right. that's pretty much what she is. She's only like that because her, her father's a werewolf, her mother's a were hyena, so like her siblings can either go either or. And that's the kind of the mix that I did with it. But with her, she could never change at all. And then just one day she was like looking in a book, came across a chimera and changed into a chimera in the middle of a bookstore. <laughs> so, it <was> like, <laughs> so it was like our parents were like, oh crap, we thought she couldn't change. And then come come to find out that she I forgot the name that I had it right now, but she's gonna be in Temple High and show up in issue two. Um very but, cool. Yeah, I'm just like y'all. I love the whole werewolf were were thing. Like, I got a were shark. I don't know if y'all saw like the if y'all saw the uh, <laughs> yeah, the other isn't, isn't that called King Shark from yeah, DC exactly. Comics? That's kind of what King Shark is. The were shark. You can't go back and forth. But yeah, exactly. You know, so but were dragon. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I think um, maybe maybe you know. Your your she wolf should go against a word dragon. That would be, kind of <laughs> that would be interesting. So, Greg, tell us a little bit more about your book because your book is a horror anthology. Uh, well, uh, the book you're partnering with to publish. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of the other characters throughout throughout in the different stories. Uh, so for the invasion, that's what the werewolf is in. Um, mm -hmm. It's not actually there well it's probably spoiling it it's not actually like there <laughs> it's um what this like guy that is like the only basic actual character in that story um mm -hmm. for the invasion he's like just seeing things but you don't know if he's crazy or not mm. and um yeah matt's pretty good at writing and then um 
broken elevator is just a repairman trying to go to fix an elevator at a warehouse. And, uh, a warehouse? <laughs> <They're already filled>. <laughs> 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 it's already in a warehouse. Don't Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that joke. So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so he tries to fix the elevator, and um, there's like a murderer just like, you know, loose. So he's got to deal with that. Uh, another one is the early grave, which is. Um, teenage kid that's just being a troublemaker and he uh you know yeah without giving too yeah, much away yeah. yeah yeah don't give too much yeah oh, yeah also just to let everybody know don't don't feel like you have to spoil like if you get into spoiler territory with your stuff yeah. Cut it off. Let let people salivate for it. Yeah, go pick up your books. <laughs> I do. I do want to interrupt you real quick, Greg, because Aaron Dowen just commented on Facebook. Freaking Greg. <laughs> Aaron Down is from Catalyst Comics, uh, Beards and Comics podcast, or Comics and Beards. I never remember which way it goes, Aaron. I'll have to figure that out. Beards and Comics podcast. Um, and so, um, yeah, uh, that's, there's a story there. Uh -oh. <laughs> in trouble, Greg? Are you going to sport territory? Is that? Right? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know what else I could say about the anthology without spoiling it. I could say like things that I wrote for the second issue. Nah. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, what about, what about, but well, I was actually going to uh, go back with Dobashi was asking about the tropes before. Um, mm -hmm. In my story, actually, there's uh, many different ways how you can turn because there's actually two forms. Mm -hmm. There's actually the wolf man form, and then there's actually your true form, which is your liking form, your liking state. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody has uh, different ways that they can turn to their full form, but there is one character in the story that actually bypasses her first form and goes straight past her uh, true form. And it's basically her abilities are still internalized in her human form. So she never has to turn, but if she does, because she hasn't turned in so long that her werewolf form or liking form is actually stronger than anybody else's because of it. Mm -hmm. She can tap into it without having to turn, which makes her the strongest character in, in my story. Yeah. Um, now I'm intrigued. Villain a hero. Is that or is that a spoiler? If it's spoiler, don't. Villain a hero. Oh, she's definitely a hero. She's definitely okay, a hero. Okay, okay. That's she's nice. uh, family to Michael. Oh, like without spoiling it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't spoil too much because I do want to get everybody's books. So. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> but uh, Michael does actually turn in for full for his first turn. He has to uh, have to have because in the story it, it is that um, werewolves and, and, and vampires and witches and things of this nature they all exist in this world. But there was a, a huge uh, spell that was cast on the world before a lot like decades before the story has even begun and so the only way that someone can actually see your true form is if either they turn or they tell you but when they tell you you have to be part of some type of lineage so you have to have like wolf blood or witch blood or vampire so that if i tell you so say for instance i go brett hey i'm a werewolf and i turn and you actually are a, a witch or some type of form like that you can see it I am a witch. Without even having to turn. I'm but probably if you try to be a werewolf in your world. 
I was saying I'll be a werewolf in your world. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I think uh, that's the thing about being a werewolf in that world. It's uh, if you don't have, if you're not part of a legacy line, which is uh, the the main part of the story, um, then you probably would just be like a half breed. Half breeds are the ones that can still turn, but they don't have the strength and the ability to turn at any point at any time when you are a part of a legacy line. Which is that's an interesting touch right there because I know like a lot of the uh, werewolf stories and stuff. It's most, especially like the ones in Hollywood and done in books. They're all under the you know full moon the control of the full moon. So it's yeah. interesting that you'll. Um, so it's interesting that you'll um, you'll have the the half breeds are the ones that are stuck with that. So yeah, there's also underlings too. The okay. Underlings are basically uh, human beings that um, know the truth. Mm -hmm. But they decide to follow said group of people because there's more than one um, kingdom that lies within uh, the, the world of uh, Nightfall. But the main character or the main villain, I should say, is uh, the one that rules over everything. Very awesome. Very awesome. And Luis, I hope you didn't forget because I know you were going to say something. I hope you didn't forget. No, what I want to know I do it again. Do y'all wolves talk? Because, like, oh. that doesn't doesn't talk but she understands ah interesting mm. that's cool so how do you go about writing that makes sense makes sense scooby lingo that is awesome yeah in my story uh, i actually wanted to happen where they could talk telepathically but i felt like uh it would probably kind of be hard to kind of uh, get that out to the story, but like for mm -hmm. people to really understand it. So I just had them just talking regularly to each other. But I actually, that was really what I wanted to have was they talking telepathically when they turn. Interesting. Brandon, take us some. Go, I'm find, sorry, Luz. I find it weird when wolves are, are wolves and they just have like, hey, how you doing? You know, with their fangs <laughs> sticking out. Like, I, I just I don't know maybe it's just me but I just I mean that's fair that's right. like hey hey yeah you got something on your fang there you know what, what are you doing <laughs> that like, you know what I'm saying I to do it when they talk telepathically because I felt like it would be uh you know a little easier mm -hmm. um, especially doing it for a comic you know you can well, you have the artwork and you just have them there standing there and they're just talking you know no, that's telepathically I like that that's yeah, dope that's a good approach you know yeah, use it cool. use it take it take it you know hey nah. <laughs> go with it. Mean, I mean, you can explain nah, it well you nah. can explain it uh different yeah, ways too like that, if you that, that'll be a spinoff bro now nah, yep. keep it yeah exactly <laughs> you can explain it different ways too because you know like with most of us of course like that's why I like the idea that Louis said he he just has him you know barking or you know or, and stuff like that but in the same way with them talking telepathically you can explain it as sense and stuff like that because yeah. that's another way that animal you know dogs communicate and wolves communicate so both of those or maybe put awesome. subtitles in the bottom. Yeah. You know how like yeah. when a character talks in Spanish or whatever and yeah, they put and it in they English? Put it, yeah. yeah. Like, um, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Brandon, I, I want to clear something up for myself because I think in my head I've been mispronouncing your book name. How do you pronounce Legends of? Uh, Lise. Lise. Yeah, I've been saying Lise. Mm. That's okay. So take us more into the the legends of Lee's and the different characters within that. Cause that's like you were saying, a lot of the characters came from um, a D and D campaign and it does. I've read, um, I think issue one of that, or it was in the preview issue that you sent me. Um, and so um, it does, it reads very much like a D and D campaign. I love it. Um, to, to tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I want to hear more about that world. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Lee's was created by uh, me and then two of my friends that w would also 
you know, more often than not campaign together. Um, so we built out all of, like the structures and like specific island locations um, for the world. Um, so it was it was a pretty collaborative build that I then fleshed out into the actual book. Um, so I lifted specifically Alona uh, from from D and D, and I. Uh, I sort of de-aged her because in D&D I, I played her as a full adult and when Legends of Least starts, she's um, an early teen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that it would be more interesting to see her journey from the beginning up. Um, and I went through many iterations of trying to figure out how it was going to look um, and then what characters I was actually going to lift from from D&D. So I'm still going back through like my binder and finding characters I built just to have. Um, the second volume of Legends that I'm working on now has a lot more of those characters. Um, the second volume is based around a tournament, um, which I've been able to sort of cherry pick those different characters and put them in as contestants for this tournament. Um, so that's also been a lot of fun figuring out how they're going to look and how that's going to work. Um, specifically, two of the bigger villains that we had as recurring villains in D&D, they've been introduced into the second volume. Um, so my other two buddies were, were so salty when they saw them show up. They're so mad um, because we struggled with them for so long. It was so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. So now you do all the art, and Dwayne, you do all the art for, for yours also. So I've, I love that. What kind of um, hiccups do you, do you ever run into hiccups um, being both writer and artist? Yeah. Um, Go go Brandon first and then we'll hit Dwayne. We'll go in first name alphabetical order. There we go. <laughs> They're different muscles to flex, I guess. So I mean I have more of a shorthand when I'm working on legends specifically because some of the full scripts I have I end up tweaking, leaving some things out. Um, but it's it's more of just a the story writing happens more in this like the actual thumbnailing process for me of like what I'm actually going to keep and what I'm going to disregard. Um, whereas the other two books, uh, Atlas Clark, I'm working from a full script um, that my friend Corey LeHue writes. Um, so he does like a full script and then we go through and storyboard and then we end up picking and choosing, uh, you know, if I can accomplish what he's trying to describe within one page instead of like two or three, then that speeds up the process. Um, Fenrir is, has been more of a collaborative um, process with me and my friend Antonis Malis. Um, you know, we have like a shorthand script and then we kind of flush it out together in the moment. Um, so the variety of styles definitely keeps me in engaged, um, keeps it fresh for me. Brian? That's cool. Um, for me, I would say uh, it was really hard because originally the story was supposed to be a lot darker than what it was. You know, um, when when I first started the company, we just really kind of wanted to have, you know, at least two stories out where, you know, we can get our names out there. Um, and me and my brother, you know, I have the Nightfall story and my brother has a Salvation story. Both are very horror themed um, stories, but, you know, uh, his is a lot darker than mine. He decided to stay with the darkness and I just, you know, tried to get a lot of it. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, so I, for me, it was really hard, like having to rewrite certain parts and just like, but it's so, it's so good here. But, and then, you know, just having to, uh, I actually redesigned a few characters too. Um, but for the most part, you know, it, it was not that hard to have to get past the part of, you know, changing everything to make it a little bit more uh, kid friendly, I guess you could say. 
Okay. I'm going to take up. We're about halfway through the show, um, a little over halfway. If you're on Instagram, that's great. We love Instagram, but the feed does run out at 59 minutes and 59 seconds. So mm-hmm. as we near the hour mark, you may want to switch over to another platform if we're not done talking yet. Also, I'm going to take this time to say Indie Comics Dispatch partners with Head Nerds and Charge for all your nerd and geek cool stuff. Um, Indie Comics Dispatch, broadcast from the Dispatch, does not have its own Patreon, but we work with Head Nerds and Charge. Um, so if you're looking to, if you have money and you want to give somebody more money give it to head nerds in charge uh, we give our indie comics dispatch gives a patron only um indie comic recommendation each month and also gives a free digital copy of that um recommendation to the patrons of head nerds in charge and you can do that for as little as a dollar a month i'm also going to um interrupt and we're a big supporter i'm a big supporter at least of uh big distro um um, it's distributes black indie comics to comic shops all across America. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I'm going to play their little ad right now. Vic, we just wanted to bring the vibe of like an indie comic convention to the retailers. For you out there right now, those of you who always are coming to conventions and saying, can you find your comics on the web? Well, now you can at dickdistro.com. Like the creativity and the art and the writing is comparable to mainstream comics and in some instances even superior. That's Big Distro and we lost Brandon somewhere in there. Uh-oh. <laughs> his his camera at least is off. He'll be back, I'm sure. Either that or he turned into a wolf dude. Um, <laughs> we can't see. <laughs> um, so uh, most of your guys, most of your wolf people um, aren't inherently scary. Um, they're even really the villain of your series. In fact, most of the time they're the hero. So, Lewis, I want to start with you. Um, how do you make a sympathetic werewolf? Um. You tap into something in you that that uh, I guess like I like writing stories, so I tap into that 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 uh, inner feeling of sympathetic. Like you 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 just want to give people something to go, hey, wait a minute, this is not average comic book. This is something that'll make you think. You know, it's I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> it just I, re- comes out. It just I retract out. the question. Yes, it just comes out, bro. It just comes out. <laughs> I would, I would like to answer it. Um, yeah. I would say the reason the, what I went with was, you know, I, I understood that, you know, it's a werewolf story. So to try to draw him or make him kind of seem like he's like harmless would be just something that you can't do, you know, because it, would, it wouldn't do justice to the people that are fans of werewolves and that style and that type of genre. So, you know, I, I, went, I didn't go that way. I just decided to just uh, show more of the character himself, you know, this this is a character Michael who is thrust into this this unknowing world that he's he has to rush to get find out about, and uh, you know that's kind of what I wanted to do to you know give him the sympathy you know from that because in, any from anything it can be anything if somebody comes up to you and tells you something that you you know you never thought was actually true then you have to not only believe them because of what just happened to you said 
at the end of an issue. But, um, you know, also just kind of really wanting to understand more about your family, because although these people have been keeping this secret from you, you still care for them. So you still want to be able to protect them because Michael, although he was always unknowing of who they truly were, he always was kind of sort of the protector of not only just his mother, but his sister too. So, um, you know, that was kind of what I went with with that was that, you know, just establish him as a, as a, as a person you know, that actually has this ability that can turn into a well or like, you know what, what he said, just turn every word into Jennifer. And I'm good with that. <laughs> I like it. I like right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy and paste. I would have said the same thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Anybody else want to No, you're good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> Anybody else want to add to that? I just like that both of your books have, have such like a family and legacy focus to them. Because mm -hmm. uh, typically like the werewolf character is like an outlier or like an, an outsider, you know, with, without any connections. A lone wolf, if you will. There you go. So I like the, uh, I like the idea of- Wolf that. tropes. <laughs> Not tropes, but <laughs> wrong word. Excuse like me. You're all night, people. On like the genes, like like through a bloodline and, and, and needing to, you know, struggle with, with those forms of like acceptance, right? Like, like Lewis, your book is like, like the, the whole vampire book, werewolf, but they have like an entirely different connection than, than you normally see. Um, that's really exciting. It is like, I'm, I'm honestly liking everything that I'm hearing. So y'all got Dwayne, we're, we're going to jump with Brandon also. Okay. <laughs> hey Greg, if you want to jump in, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, Greg. I don't really have uh much werewolf story stuff. So No, but but to plug for just a moment here. Um let me get this added back in. Boom! That's Greg's Kickstarter right now, everybody. If you go to Chronicles of Horror, it's a 16-page out of horror comics anthology. Um 53 backers, almost $2,000, three days to go. Um, you know, guys, if we can get that to $2,000 while we're on the air, um, Greg will do something cool. I don't know. I, yeah. don't know. I, I made sure. that up. Um, <laughs> well, well, actually, if we get to our Yo, third trip, well, if we get to our third trip, well, then I will do something. But I don't All know. right. Something, something. I just thought I'd pop that up there real quick. Um, I'll, we'll show it again at the end of the show for everybody. Chronicles of Horror. Just search Chronicles of Horror on Kickstarter, and you can find it. Um, Craig, Greg's really here tonight as the the publisher behind a werewolf story, not necessarily the writer of a werewolf story. So, yes. all right. Well, I'll ask this: How hard is it to pu well? Actually, this probably goes to everyone. <laughs> how hard is it to publish a werewolf story? There we go. There you go. Now, Greg. Now, answer. There you go, Greg. Um, one, I, I'll make it deeper. One that doesn't feel like it's been seen already. Uh, I feel like this one hasn't been seen. It's mostly just like a werewolf dude, just like, werewolf dude, uh, wolf dude, wolf dude, just a wolf dude, just like scaring dude and the other guy. So it's um, more. So, so is it more psychological? Because I know you were saying that. Um, yeah, yeah, that story is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had to like try to tell a story within like three pages because that's a mm -hmm. three page story. So, oh, wow. yeah, I can't wait for the second issue of this just because like there's like two more stories, I think. So, okay. yeah, so there's multiple parts to it. That's an um, interesting. 
approach. I think he's going to make another part for the invasion. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. Okay. I still cool. think that's an interesting approach, though. Like, because everyone has like actual werewolves, you know, in their stories yeah. or, or wolf dudes. Mm -hmm. And then yours has this ethereal wolf yeah existential crisis i mean yeah you know so it's <laughs> it's like is it is it a wolf is it not and then like we won't know how and maybe it is a real werewolf and he gets ate alive at the end who knows <laughs> but you know it's still it's still kind of you know it's kind of cool you know all the different when you look at all the different ways that all of these wolf werewolf based stories are being told you know it's not literally four different stories up here four different stories you know so yeah that's cool. Yeah, I didn't really have too much fear when it came to publishing the story, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the fact that it, it was uh, had my brother, you know, with his story too, helped, you know, give me the confidence that, you know, we have different takes on different stories, you know, whereas mine is a werewolf kind of, kind of story, and then my brother's is more like kind of the demon aspect. So, you know, it's a good two hit, one hit, you know, one two combo, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have too much. Uh, fair for it i guess because also too i mean even though we have the nightfall story and the salvation um we also have three more stories that we have right coming right after that so um really was no too much fear for it you know it was just uh you know just really wanted to get our names out there um it was having something you know interesting to uh, dive into while we're creating all the stories Cool. You know, that, that is, is interesting because uh, to that point, I've never seen really anybody go, oh, another werewolf story. Like, if I see a werewolf story, I'm like, oh. I want to watch that. Oh, they did it with Underworld. You're forgetting. <laughs> no, I still watch that. You're forgetting. <laughs> they were like, wait, wait, another, there's another vampire werewolf hybrid again? <laughs> and then Brett was over on pay-per-view still chunking down his $5.99 to rent that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh on Instagram. I don't. I don't know. I just think it's great that yeah. um, she's bringing it up because it says cough were dragons cough. So yeah, I don't know what exactly. Someone do those were dragons. Mark up. Do us a favor. <laughs> make a comic about were dragons. There just do it. Do it. So the way I gotta ask, since this, since your brother, you say your brother has like the the darker de demon based stories, and then you have the wolf vampires and witches. I'm guessing this is the same universe. Y'all are gonna uh, not necessarily. No, I wouldn't say it's a universe, but I did throw in a few Easter eggs. You okay. did, and I loved it to uh, let everybody know that you know we're one and the same. This is our company. Okay. This is our publishing stuff, and uh, okay, we're one and the same. For instance, uh, one of the one of the uh, Easter eggs that we threw in there was when um, Michael and his girlfriend go to the movie theater. The movie that they're actually going to see is a page from Salvation. Oh, and, that is cool. <laughs> you know, his girlfriend is asking him, hey, you know, who told you about this movie? He goes, my friend Ace. And when you go into the beginning of the story, when they're in the football scene, there's a, a character that plays with uh, um, Michael on the field who scored the winning touchdown. Mm -hmm. His nickname is Ace. Okay. Which is the name of my company, Animation Comics. And say that. That, is, that um, is really so, cool. Yeah, that was a little Easter egg that we have. But there's tons of uh, Easter eggs in my story for issue one. Um, I like to throw them in, even in the story that I'm writing now, the Immortal story. Um, there's, there's tons of Easter eggs in that one, too. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy doing things like that. You know, I just think it's kind of cool. My brother, is, he, can, he can take it or leave it. But me, I kind of like it. <laughs> um, I think we just lost the Instagram feed. Maybe it's back up now. Who knows Instagram? Who knows? I have, a, I have a question. How hard is it for you guys uh, to get 
like children to read your story because I don't have any curses or nudity in my book. And when I went to do a show, I was told that I wasn't allowed to do it because my book had a werewolf and it was scary. Hmm. And I really I actually told the person in charge of the convention that um it's possible because like ninety five percent of kids watch Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, and, and I worked with children and they all read my story and they loved it. So like, that was a back and forth thing he and I had. But I will never do a show with him uh, huh. based on that. And that, that that's, sucks. That's weird. Like, uh, that is weird. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of even there's a lot of children shows that doesn't that one kid show. What was it Monster oh, High? Don't they have a werewolf in it in Monster High? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of different children's shows that have werewolves. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a cartoon yeah. on there yeah. with, with this yeah. coming out or came out with the, what, the dinosaurs? Well, the, then there's that, like, the Little Monsters show yeah, on like, yeah, Nick yeah, Jr. or whatever that has little yeah. monsters. There's a, there's a lot of different things. Yeah, I, won't, I won't name yeah, the guy, but I, I, don't, I didn't. Uh, mind you, he was all for it the year before it came out. I showed him promos of it. He was all for it, but when it was time to uh, get it, I was I was approved for a table and everything, but then he over he oversaw it and was like, "Nah, it's, you can't do it." I'm like, "Oh, that's weird. That's, that's, that's weird. That's 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 crazy." I mean, I don't, I don't, know, I don't really know what age I would really say my story is. Uh, I would say it's for kids, but at the same time, maybe not. But I mean, you know, in in Marvel movies, they have like you know, quote unquote love scenes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in my story, there is like sort of like a sex scene, but there's no nudity, you know, it's just kind yeah, of- There's no nudity. There's no nudity, there's no cursing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, but, you know, I've seen when I go to conventions, uh, the ones that I was able to before all of this happened. Um, yeah, you know, kids would come up to me and they would say they love the story, they like the artwork, they like the character, they like the werewolf, how it looks, or the cover. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I never really had too much problem with that. It's unfortunate that you did, though. Yeah, yeah, it's all right because the following year I did New York Comic Con, so I got even. There you go. <laughs> oh, <man>. So, um, Tier, I think is, um, yeah, okay, he's That's back. Tier, did you want to ask your question about um, the genre? Well, yeah, so like, so I already know that Dwayne he said this multiple times, mm-hmm. so he already answered this question. But <laughs> well, what genre of, of the war, of the wolf telling, uh, Phil? Do you like the wolf telling story? What genre do you think you fall into? You know, more sci-fi, more horror, more drama. You know, uh, what do you think you fall into? The myth, the myth of it. Okay. Yeah, because my my story will have, for example, in the second issue, I'm going to introduce Frankenstein, not Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Franklin, because Franken, Franklin. Okay, the Frankenstein character is always trying to make himself better. He's like the Tony Stark in my universe. Okay. And uh, they'll show, like, I have a picture of him where he's already replaced some of his body parts with cybernetic parts. Mm-hmm. And he's always trying to improve himself on that. So she's he's good friends with Jennifer. And he's always trying to improve his, uh, he actually got, his mansion is full of what I call Stein guards, which are these big monstrous Frankenstein looking characters that guard him but he's the original Frankenstein but he's the most intelligent one in the story and I named him Franklin because he can't use the same name over and over in history because he's lived you know hundreds and hundreds of years yeah so his name he named himself Franklin and in the second issue there's a character 
one of his first his first female Steingard will actually betray him. Mm. So and she looks just like a Frankenstein monster, but she's dope. Okay. She's sexy. <laughs> so, ladies, if you look like Frankenstein, yeah. all those crews. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh. What, what about you, Brandon? I would say uh, Fenrir falls into like the dark fantasy, but also like dips its toe into adventure um, because he's he's on a quest in the other realm that he's in. Um, but there are lots of horror ele elements to it, um, and just dark fantasy elements is, is, you know, illithids. There's, you know, goblins. There's uh, lots of skeletons and robes. I love just drawing skeletons that's for whatever reason are alive and drinking, even though like they can't digest anything. So like, we have on the floor and on the table. Exactly. <laughs> lots of figures with just like eyeballs for faces. Um, yeah. I love just doing weird stuff like that. Lots of like, demons and, and weird little like trolls. Um, I've got uh, Ifrit's in there. I've got um, oh nice all uh, all sorts of. Uh, I got a a, a drow um, drow king. Um, we've created like different artifacts and stuff for them to use. Um, lots of lots of shrouded figures. Like we've got ghosts, spirits, um, all sorts of stuff. So it definitely covers you know hits all those points for me. Very awesome. Greg, what's wrong with you? You say you've been quiet, man. Yeah, and I know you're not quiet. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's like horror. Uh, yeah, what? What genre? Chronicles of Horror. What? <laughs> what genre would that I'm, be? I just want him to. Talk. I just want Greg to talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, horror. Psychological horror. Okay. All right, psychological. <laughs> uh, Dwayne, yeah. I would say I'm interested to hear this after reading issues one and two. I'm interested to see what genre you put it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, to go back what I was saying before, you know, originally it was supposed to be very, very hard mm -hmm. But then, you know, when I started to really kind of open up the character a lot more, I decided to make it more of a drama or a mystery. You know, it does have the, you know, horror elements because of the fact that it's a story about werewolves, but. Um, I would say that it's definitely a mystery. It's a mystery, it's a drama, you know, because uh, there's a lot of things that go on within the story, but I, I, the way how I, I put the story together, I didn't put it straight out for everybody. You know, I wanted to leave questions for, uh, you know, at the end of issue one and at the issue, end of issue two. But also when you start to read issue three, you can go back to issue one and realize something that you didn't see because it was there but it was maybe some pit in the corner or somewhere so that you can go back and go, oh, that's right, he was right there. You know, so um, I kind of, the way how I, I describe the story is it's a story that's in bits and pieces. It's not a full puzzle, it's bits and pieces. And when you get the full story, then you can put the puzzle together and actually realize there was so much more going on in each issue that you just kind of went over your head, you know? Um, so that that's kind of what I would say, it's more of a mystery. Okay. Love it. I love it. That is cool. I dig it. So uh, we're getting close to the end of our Instagram live time. If you're out there watching on Instagram live, we'll end it just a minute. <laughs> you, you got about four more minutes, probably. I don't um, know if why you're lucky. I haven't gone to YouTube yet. I know, right? <laughs> um, um, if you if you if you're on Instagram, head on over to YouTube, like and subscribe to us over there. Um, exactly. we would appreciate it. Um. Mm -hmm. 
But um, we are also just kind of probably winding down here for the show. We'll go through everybody's cover images in a minute and then just talk about other books you guys have. Because I know Dwayne's already talked a little bit about uh, Salvation, but you can talk some more. Brandon's uh, in the Shade Publication has several books. Lewis has several books. Sirnova Comics has several books. Um, so we'll go through all those in just a minute. Um, what what are the, the dangers of writing a werewolf character, though? Getting bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Loose, guys. Loose is going to be on every week, you guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. Anyone can go. Anyone can start off. Looking, yeah. looking at every food and going, I wonder if my wolf will eat that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. What are those tropes you don't want to get pulled into? Let me put it yeah. that way. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I didn't like the silver bullet idea mm. with the silver in general because uh, one of the characters uh, carries a sword. Although it's, although it's a mystical sword and it, it was blessed by uh, a witches, um, it's, still, it's still a sword. Still so, yeah. So... <laughs> You know that, so I didn't yeah. really like that. I, I never really kind of just like that concept. I just wanted them if they were able to die, but they die. Werewolves and my story to die in a certain type of way without giving any spoilers. Um, so yeah, and then you started to say something. Oh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say like uh, people uh kind of automatically assume that Fenrir is, is just like a standard werewolf, so they assume that he has like a lot of the same weaknesses and you know the conditions of transformation. So I feel like that that was kind of a not a hurdle to, to overcome, but like it, it takes a little bit more digging into the character to, to figure out exactly what he is. Um, so I feel like that those tropes have made it a little difficult in a sense, but kids see a, a wolf guy and, and they want to go for it. So, yeah. Hmm. See, I, I thought about that silver and stuff. So I made my wolf a detective where she carries a gold shield, no silver. She carries the gold uh, police shield mm. and also. As a human, she also has a certain strength, but not the full strength of the werewolf. But she does have a; she can jump higher than normal, mm -hmm. a normal person could. So it's it's like she could like in the in the very first scene, she in human form, she can smell a certain scent that she's following. So in human form, so that's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not ashamed to say it. I like Wolverine. And I like that part of Wolverine, and that's what I did. Marvel, the hell with nice. you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. I'm going to pull up um, some images right yeah. now. Um, was somebody about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to just say that um, your ideal of like making her in her humor form strong, but not as strong as her wolf form, is interesting because I do know like a, a lot of people. Whenever they do that, is usually the human form is just as strong as the wolf form, but the wolf no. form is more vicious. And to me, that that never made sense with me either. Like I can understand some, like you say, you let, let her keep, you know, her senses being slightly elevated and having strengths and everything like that. And I think that's cool because then she can't accidentally give herself away. But you said she's been around for 80 years anyway, or 80 yeah. plus years anyway. Yeah. So we've probably already gotten past all of that part. But, but that's interesting because I used to always wonder that whenever someone would get turned and then all of a sudden they're on the ground and jumping to the top of the roof. And it's like, you know, someone saw that. Someone yeah. saw that. <laughs> and they're going to get a silver bullet right now because someone saw that, <laughs> you know? So. Well, well, in my story, the handicapped kid sees her turn into the wolf mm -hmm. 
And he goes into, you know, he meets her and whatever. And he tells her, you know, I saw what you did. I saw what you are. Mm -hmm. Can you make me into what you are? Because I feel that that's the only way that I'm going to be able to physically walk. Oh, wow. She'll go into telling him that, you know, it's not a gift. It's actually a curse. And her daughter sees that bond. And at the end, I like spoilers and I like spoiling things. Mm -hmm. But it's all about how you get to the end. That's going to keep the readers intrigued. So... I'm not ashamed of saying the ending of this. He will get bit by both. What he'll become is something different because he'll get bit by both at the same time. So would he be a new breed of creature? That's my secret. Mm. Very cool. cool. Very cool. So on the screen now we have uh, Lewis's um, image of Jennifer the She-Wolf. Oh, that's uh, cover B, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, what's up on uh, Comicology, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. so uh, do you do you want to explain it because it kind of looks like she's fighting zombies do you want to explain whatever's going on yeah, there in the uh in the first part of the story i'm sorry uh the second part of the story the my book the first book starts off in black and white because i wanted to do with gray tones because i wanted to do uh I'm familiar 1920s. <laughs> yeah. the, the the 1920s you know i wanted to show that you know mm. like most movies most movies were in black and white back then yeah. So I wanted to show that, and then when it jumps to today's time, it's modern colors and everything. But in the when it turns into to, into the modern time, she goes and fights these zombies that will later be discovered that uh, one of the Stein guards let out by mistake. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Speaking of Dwayne, oh hold on, I clicked on the wrong window. <laughs> See, and right there she's going. Arr! I'm sorry. <laughs> oh that's hot it is that's clean i've seen that that's, that's hot. I've, yeah i've seen that on your instagram page and stuff and I was like, yeah that's really cool and that's the cover of nightfall uh Dwayne, what, what do you want to say about nightfall that um, we haven't said already so uh you know when i was doing the cover you know i wanted to do something um that's a little more eye-catching you know something that kind of begs the question of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You look, at, look at everything that's going on, you see the kind of silhouette that is kind of turning into it. You look in the background, it's kind of forming a werewolf in the back because mm-hmm. that's basically what that story, the issue one is basically about. You know, um, It's about Michael really trying to, well, kind of unraveling his truth. And, uh, you know, and to, to piggyback off what Lewis said, you know, my story also is, uh, it starts off in black and white and it goes into color. Um, but my reasoning is because that's how his life is really. I mean, there's, there's many different reasons behind it, but that's kind of like the main one, the primary one, is that, you know, Michael has a, a normal, ordinary life. So, you know, when you think of ordinary, you think of mundane, black and white. And when, you know, he uh, has the truth that was told to him by his mother, it slowly goes into color because it's starting to realize the truth that's actually becoming, or for lack of better terms, it's Michael's awakening. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty much what the first issue was. So the let me ask you a question. Especially because, you know, his first time when he turns, um, there, there's a full moon and that's the only way he really was able to turn because of it. Let me so, ask you a question real quick, Dwayne. Animation, comics, entertainment, when will we see the animation? Um, yeah, that's funny. Uh, the animation, yeah, we, that's one of the things that I'm always working on. I'm always awesome. uh, trying to do that. You know, um, I'm talking to a friend of mine who is an animator and we've been working on a few things. We have a superhero story 
uh, little universe really that we're working on and uh, can't really divulge too much. <laughs> I remember me and Ray was talking about it when I was on his show and we were talking about our characters, uh, but can't really go too much into them. Some more secrecy. There's a laser, you don't see it, but it's like pinned out of my head if I say <laughs> If you say anything, that's great. I, I've said it multiple times now, but animation is going to be the next big thing in the indie comic scene mm -hmm. is because the, the technology is so available now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's already starting to make those leaps. And yeah. I know yeah. a certain, I know a certain someone up here who, has been quiet is working on something really cool that they told me about, but I'm not going to say it. I'll let him say it when we get to him. <laughs> wonder, wonder who that is. Wonder who that is. <laughs> Legends of Lease. Did I say that right? Did. Yes. Cool. Tell us about it. Who are the characters we're seeing here? Tell us more. Tell us more about some of your other um, books and um, where people can get them. Yeah. So front and center is Alona. Um, right right over her right shoulder is Fenrir. I kind of pieced him like on like the side of the cover into the back. This is actually the cover of the trade. Mm -hmm. um, so right beside Alona is another character, Yama, who's a ranger. Um, and the far back is the, is the witch that actually turned Fenrir. She's got that red hair. And beside her is the storm god, Talos, uh, who's the antagonist of that first trade. Um, in the Shade uh, is a you know independent publishing company that I started with my two friends in Tanis and Corey, um, and we're putting out three books currently. This Legends of Lease, we're putting out Fenrir and Escape from the Deep, um, and the Expeditions of Atlas Clark. Those are our three main titles, um, and they are available at InTheShadePublications.com on our shop link. We've got plenty in stock. Very cool. Very very cool. All right, hold on. Let me get back over here. All right, Chronicles of Horror. Yeah. It's your turn, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll talk. Um, yeah, uh, Hector Barrero of uh, New Leaf Studios. He was the cover artist for this. He also did the early grave story, the one that I for almost forgot about. <laughs> so the cover contains the gravedigger character because he's like our host of the anthology. He'll be in, nice. uh, he'll be in like the other issues. I love that. Like, yeah. So the origin is actually the story that I forgot about. <laughs> uh, he's in that, um, with that teenager kid. That's like looking like he's got blood on his face. Mm -hmm. Then, um, the other stories, voodoo, um, the dude all crazy looking, um, mm -hmm. That's invasion, and then the burlap mask type thing. Um, that's the axe murderer dude. That's after the broken elevator story thing. Wow. Yeah. I like how you did that. How each uh, and this is gonna be the cover, right? So yeah, you have like a a piece of each um, a piece of each story on the on the front. That's really cool. Yeah. I just want to let everybody know, Sierra Nova Comics. They're doing some great things. You know, um, there's more to them than just the stories. They actually have a platform too where they, you know, promote and sell indie comics too. So check that out. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're not at two thousand dollars yet, Greg. Yeah. So yeah, we need to get there. We need to get there. We um, we're actually, really disappointed. I actually am doing a uh Halloween like live stream oh, because cool. it ends on Halloween night at eleven fifty nine PM, as you can see. Um on the screen. Um <laughs> If we do hit that stretch goal, like twenty three hundred, mm -hmm. um, I'm I don't know how I'm gonna like up the last thing I did. I did a shot of hot sauce, which I'm not a big like spice fan, 
So doing yeah. that, it's kind of that, that hurt. I love hot sauce. Here, add it, add it to go, add it to gold slogger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Somebody on Facebook just gave us the sad emoji or the sad reaction. I'm hoping that's just because we haven't hit two thousand dollars, <laughs> and not just because the hot sauce made him sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like hot sauce, like buffalo chicken dip, because I guess okay. I make it like really good. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't like handle that spicy of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I ate the ghost pepper donut at that Dunkin' Donuts, so. Uh, <laughs> Heard of that. I haven't tried that one. It, it's weird. Um, yeah, um, it's in the frosting, by the way. So if you don't want to eat that, yeah, it's definitely in the frosting. I my, it my, girlfriend, yeah, my girlfriend works at Dunkin', and mm-hmm. though she hates the job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you're out there listening, Mr. Duncan, no, yeah, she doesn't. Mr. Duncan. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so um, I cool. have a lot of stuff besides that going on um we were supposed to have a video game come out this year but that didn't happen because of the rona so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rona yeah, uh, big things happening in the indie world i tell you well uh next week on the show um Hold on, let me put this back up. I gave you a sneak peek a minute ago because I had my slides out of order. It's Team ICD night. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have the the folks from everybody who's involved in um, Indie Comics Dispatch, plus the hosts of Beards and Comics yeah. on. I haven't even told uh, Tyrone that yet. They're going to oh. come on uh, because they have their own podcast also, and mm-hmm. they're awesome dudes. Uh Cool. Also happen to run Catalyst Comics, um, so they'll be on with us uh, talking too. Um, it's crossover night, I guess, because podcasts are crossing over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's next Wednesday. Oh, okay. uh, it, it could be really, um, you know, it could be just this really great night, um, or it could be this really sad night because it is the night after the election. So depending upon where you fall. <laughs> Um, Brett may have a double sized one of these, um, and just cry most of the night. I'm gonna um, be drinking anyway. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be drinking anyway. So, I'm... when I saw Team ICD, I said, Oh, cool, Team Independent Disability People coming on, <laughs> but I guess not, huh? No, that too. Um, oh, okay. we're just that's... We're just mostly disabled in another way, Lewis. Um... Independent comic disabled night. Yay! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that's coming up next week. We are here um, every almost every Wednesday in November. We are missing um, one around um, the holiday um, that we don't really celebrate, Tyrone, you and I. Um, but that, that turkey holiday where we eat yummy food and make it a family day instead. Um... That's it. Family day. Yeah. Can, can um, I ask a question? Yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I wrote a story, and I want to know if I'm going to get in trouble for it. Hmm. Okay. Because it's using characters that are established, and it's um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I think Brett, I told you this the last time. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I actually started writing the outline for it, and it's basically Jekyll is a mother, Hyde is her handicapped son she's a geneticist who comes up with a cure for her son's disability. Would I get in trouble for writing that, even though the son will have a side effect, well, he'll turn into this horrible, grotesque creature and eventually kill everybody. But at the end of the story, he will come back to her, get down on one knee and basically gets tired and says, mom, I'm going to end my life. Here's the gun. 
shoot me. Would I get in trouble for using the name Jekyll and Hyde? You guys are creators, and I'm hearing that I'm not. I'm not gonna get in trouble because they are public domain. Uh, they're public yeah. domain. Yeah. They are. yeah. So like Jekyll Hyde, uh, Frankenstein, um, a lot of those characters Cthulhu. are public domain and stuff like. Who else? Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, Cthulhu is public yeah. domain. I even think I like Peter, I even think if I'm I not mistaken, know. I think. Peter Pan are using versions of yeah yeah Peter Pan is is public, public domain, domain. yeah you yeah, can't use the fun. Disney animation but yeah, yeah Peter you can't Pan as a character is uh, public domain yeah. just make them a different Peter Pan which that's coming later because in the I'm even using yeah. all the original <laughs> I'm even using all the original characters that are in the story the original <laughs> stories you know like the the Sistine Lanyon all mm -hmm. that but I just I mean, want to make sure that I don't, I want to make it into one a one shot graphic novel. That sounds I interesting. I'm excited. Lewis has a story that I don't. Uh, I'm going to say because you mentioned it during our interview about a disabled, handicapped um, girl um, who gets struck by lightning, but the lightning's not really lightning. Yeah, I am so looking forward to reading yeah, that. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, I remember yeah. that interview. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's that the the lightning. It's actually an Indian that comes through the antenna. She's a gamer, so it'll. She's in her wheelchair, and what it is is that that alien gets transferred to her wheelchair. And it becomes like her Iron Man suit. And only she could hear it. Only she can hear it and interact with it. And the government tries to take it because they know something came. But at the same time, that aliens people or whatever come also because he's wanted in their land, in their world, in their existence. I love that. It like brings like a lot of those uh, sci-fi kid alien stories that I know a lot of us watched when we were yeah. younger. Yeah. Where the alien comes, you know, and the government's looking for them. Whether it's mm -hmm. now with Bumblebee, kind of do the same thing, and of course ET. Yeah. Mac and me, which is the story that no one talks about anymore. <laughs> I, just like, I just like putting handicapped people in stories because you know we exist as much yeah. as y'all don't like to know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I I think it's awesome that yeah, you do like that. Me too. Because Professor X is fake. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I no, he's fake. No, wait, he's not even handicapped to me. Wait, you're saying Professor X isn't a real person? Is that what no, you're saying Professor right now? No, Professor X is fake in the comic books, period. I, I like to yeah, no, I got not, you. That's not a disabled person. He's no. got that incredible ability, no. Yeah. No. I do, like the, I do like the idea that you do that. And honestly, I think it's really cool that, uh, and that's what you see in the indie comics world, period. Like a lot of people, when we write our stories, we bring our own walks of life into those stories. Just like I tell people all the time with my characters, really? I put a walk piece of life in To a handicapped guy? Really? Really? <laughs> I like this, this crowd. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh. Sorry, tears. Oh god! No, it's, it's hilarious. No, I do I'll... walk though. I look like ET walking, but I do walk. <laughs> but you know, like all of our different lives, <laughs> we bring them into our stories and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. how you're bringing with, um, you know, your disability, but you bring it into your stories. You know, to to to, you know, bring to show people, you know what it's about and to kind of, you know, wisen folks up. Cause I don't think a lot of people really, you know, really pay attention in a sense. Cause I know I, I have a friend who's a, who's disabled and they say they always feel invisible because of the way the world treats them and stuff. So I, I think it's really cool that you do that. And I know I do it with my stories, you know, bringing in black characters and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure everyone does it with their stories. And I think that to me, that's the coolest part about indie because yeah, we're going to find something different and everybody is bringing in a piece of themselves into their stories. Mm. And, that's the reason why I think we're the, like the next, the, we're the we're the next step in comics. You know, we're the next step in evolution as far as comics. So 
You're not the next step. You're the current step, and people well, just haven't caught on yet. Yeah, they haven't caught on yet. They <laughs> find out they're gonna be like, "Where the hell have you all been?" Oh, we've exactly. been here. We've been here. Exactly. You've been chasing after the others. They're gonna read some. <laughs> they read some indie books, and then all of a sudden decide they can start an internet talk show because they mm-hmm. like indie comics. Um, we were here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the perfect uh, time to say it. William Knowles, uh, William Thomas Knowles Jr. on um, Facebook says, "Dang, missed it." William, no, you didn't. You can nope. catch us on a podcast. Nope. We'll be available tomorrow um, on all your major podcasting platforms. You can listen to us tomorrow uh, while you go about your workday. Guys, also, play back on YouTube. Yeah, go play back on YouTube. We don't care if you watch us when we're not live. It makes us happy to see those numbers go we want, up. We want those views. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, it's thank great you. discussion. Great night. Um, can't wait to have each of you back on um, for a different themed night, too, because um, all of you guys have multiple projects going on. And it's such an honor to for me to sit here as a non-creator and be here with you guys and talk to you guys. Um, so thank you guys so much. Um, everybody out there who's listened and watched, thank you. Join us again next Wednesday. Uh, again, it's a Team ICD night. Um, we're going to be talking about all the indie comics we've we've uh read lately <laughs> tim team indie comics dispatch so lewis isn't uh, confused um night our, our everybody on the team we got a new team member malachi bailey is going to be on with us i think um that may be news to him but uh, he's going to be here um he is writing a once a month fan casting of indie comic book for us which is going to be amazing um Broadfacts from the Dispatch is a production of the Indie Comics Dispatch. Please like, follow, or subscribe on whatever social media platform you prefer. Um, if you're a podcast listener, it would be very helpful if you would give us a five-star rating. Even if you didn't like us, just throw us a bone. Give us a five-star rating and um, comment on the and comment and rate on the various uh, uh, podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, Tier is the founder and principal creator behind Sovereign Comics. He would appreciate a follow at Sovereign Comics. Exactly. He would appreciate it even more if you would buy some of his books. Exactly. The more you buy, <laughs> the more I can make. The <laughs> universe books. <laughs> we are going to link, um, try to link everybody on the various platforms uh, that was on the show tonight, but again, to our panelists this evening for Werewolf Night, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, any famous last words before we go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, Lewis, go ahead. Go ahead. Wolf up, bro. Wolf up. Wolf up. <laughs> Wolf up. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, oh, it's man. been a pleasure and an honor. We'll see you all next week. Most definitely. All right, Take it easy. Take care. See you later. Thank you again. Thank you.